Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is... Sparta! Hello and welcome to this week's show, podcast number... 180! I'm Stu, I'm joined by Keza, by Alex and by Chris Tilly. Hello guys. Hello! Hello. What's everybody been doing this week? I've been playing darts. That's right, darts. (laughs) Darts is a great game. I don't think you've ever played darts. I haven't been playing darts. What have you been playing? Bershock. Guess what I've been playing? Bershock. Yeah, what have you been playing? Bershock. Bershock. Chris, what have you been playing? Is this the actual podcast that we're just pissing about? <laughs> no, this is the actual I'm podcast. I'm really confused right now. <laughs> no, this is the podcast. Uh, I've been playing with myself. Yes, no change there then. Is the ending as good as Bioshock's? Mm. It's a happy ending. We can't tell Alex whether Bioshock's ending is happy crying. or sad. No, he's, he's, he's actually threatened to fire us if we talk about Bioshock's ending. I s- I'm not quite there. Just me then. So yeah. I'm the only one in danger of getting fired on this podcast. Okay. What do you think? Are you enjoying it? I am enjoying it. Yeah. How far, how far through are you? Well, we're going to talk about it later, Stu. Oh, well, let's not talk about that then. Let's move <laughs> on already and find out what's been happening in this week's news. News! The f- thank you for that impromptu jingle. It was beautiful. Right. Beautiful. The first bit of news is about the next Xbox. The next box! The next box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call it that. Adding to the pile of the next box, always online rumours, anonymous sources state that anonymous sources. Sorry, it's always anonymous sources. Why don't you change your name to anonymous sources? <laughs> then every article you write on the site could be by anonymous sources. Maybe, um, like, um, Heinz should do anon- anonymous sources. And you go into a supermarket and it's just all these sources <laughs> in, a, in an opaque bottle and you don't know which one you're going to get. <laughs> I would buy those. That's brilliant. Anyway, anonymous sources state that the next gen console (laughs) is brilliant, isn't it? (laughs) Will suspend games or applications if not connected to the internet for more than three minutes. Speaking to Kotaku, an unspecified source stated, if the connection is interrupted, then after a period of time, currently three minutes, the game slash app is suspended, and the network troubleshooter started. That sounds like such fun, doesn't it? We all know how good Microsoft's network troubleshooters yeah. are. Hey, your network's not working. Let me fix that. F- oh, I can't fix have that. You, have you turned have on you your tried to network again? Contact card? your administrator. Yeah. No, that's me. I don't know what. <laughs> what are you yep. saying to thanks, me? Thanks for that. Other sources indicated this requirement may change over time whilst others have no knowledge about a constant internet connection for the console. All right, so uh, what you're saying is nobody knows what's going on. IGN learned recent IGN. <laughs> IGN. <laughs> IGN learned recently that the next Xbox will apparently require all games to be installed before use also. So that's the first part of this story, mm. which is that it's looking more and more likely that the next Xbox is going to have always online. You'll have to be connected. We might just have to deal with that. How else is it going to be able to serve you adverts? And how else is it going to be able to make sure that you never watch a film or listen to a piece of music that isn't served through Microsoft's own proprietary Xbox Music and Xbox Video applications? No idea. What it's not really good, important. is it? No, it's shit. But the funny thing that happened this morning is that a Microsoft Studios creative director, who is a very unfortunate chap called Adam Orth, um, decided to go mental about this on Twitter and speak out um, against the negative reactions to the prospect. He said... Sometimes the electricity goes out. I will not purchase a vacuum cleaner. The mobile phone reception in the area I live in is spotty and unreliable. I will not buy a mobile phone. 
Sorry for expressing my personal opinion about what I want from electronic devices that I pay for on Twitter. Jesus. That's very good. That's just what he sounds like. Uh, so what's his, what's his problem then? He, I he's, want he's, every device to be always on, he says. No, he doesn't. Does he really? He does. The kettle, that'd be really annoying. Just like bubbling forever in the background. The fridge, I can understand. His, yes. his electricity bills must be pretty high if his vacuum cleaner is always on. Well, this is what I understand. Sometimes the electricity goes out. I will not purchase a vacuum cleaner. What does that even mean? It means like people people who are complaining blackouts. about blackouts. Yeah, so electricity pe- blackouts. People who are complaining about the fact that they sometimes have spotty internet. He's like, oh well, the electricity isn't always on, but I still have a vacuum cleaner, which is a terrible. To be fair, thing. I can't remember the last time I had an electricity blackout. No. Can you remember the last time your Wi-Fi went down? All the time. So you won't be able to play yes. games on your new shiny Xbox. But also. I would say every household in the UK has electricity. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that not Pretty every much. household, or certainly has every room, has, um, has Wi-Fi, or, or at least the internet going to it. And I think that's the bigger oversight here. Is like, so what's this thing he then said to man here, here who's yeah. a Bioware employee? Sorry, I don't get the drama around having an always-on console. Every device is now always on. Hashtag deal with it. No, you fucking deal with it. Yeah. So man here, air, um basically said to him, look, you might live in a city and have a good job, but a lot of people live in the country and yeah. have internet connection. Isn't that good? And he was like, why would I live there? That was his response to that. What a nod. This so, could, this so he, he just has had a total self-immolation on Twitter. So he has then, this been a PR disaster? A massive PR yeah. disaster. It happened It happened last night and obviously got picked up this morning. And there's now an amazing series of memes, which is a picture of Adam Orth's uh, Twitter picture with various captions such as, left my girlfriend because she wouldn't stay turned on. Brilliant. I'm always connected to the internet so I can fuck my career using Twitter whenever I want to. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, so he's been with Microsoft for just over a year. Yes. But probably for not much longer. Mm. He looks a bit annoying. Like Am I allowed to say that? I think probably, seeing as he's not going to be at Microsoft. Mm. That's probably mean. He might not He might. He's not probably having a bad day, though, because, look, it says here, previously he was creative lead and stroke creative director at LucasArts. Well, yeah, he's probably very back. upset about LucasArts closing <laughs> as well. He's probably just having a really bad day. Poor old LucasArts. But you know what? Always on internet connection. Yeah. Also, keep your gob shut. What, yeah. What's happening at LucasArts? Uh, well, if we finish with that, yeah. Well, we, we could. Uh, well, I mean, the, the online on, always on thing. I see is what a you're trying deal. to do there, Chris. <laughs> we I could don't just... feel quite ready to move on to <laughs> LucasArts yet. You'd all set it up. Perfectly. <laughs> no, I know. That's just unset. But he, yeah. So this has now become a massive meme. Poor mm. Adam Orth. Um, I'm only an idiot when I'm online. I'm always online. Clever. Uh, see what you've done there. Yeah. But he, yeah, I feel I feel quite bad for this guy. because I mean, This is, is kind of Bormer-esque, isn't it, really? This is mm-hmm. kind of thing that, that dear old sweaty Steve Bormer would come out with at Microsoft. Like, yeah, it's always going to be on and everything's going to be great. Oh, it's not. It's I not think it would good. be an almost unmitigated disaster if the it next Xbox be. was always online. Like, it, look it, at how SimCity went. It's, it would be mm. such an oversight, such a fuck-up if it is always on. I don't know. Anyway, look. So, look, but they said it doesn't... I thought the whole thing was that that the whole it has to be on, connect to the internet all the time. What? <laughs> keep it going, keep it yes. going. You're Didn't, struggling. Oh, don't. <laughs> Could be switched off in-game. I thought that's what one wow. of the big rumours were well, saying. Have you ever thought about being a spokesperson be... for, a, for a console manufacturer? You'd be really very good at keynotes. <laughs> Thank you. The news that we had, um, obviously the news that came from anonymous sources, um, said that it would be three minutes, like SimCity, so it would cut out after three minutes, and then it would start the network troubleshooter. I just love the thought of having to start a network troubleshooter every time I'm not on the internet for three minutes. Yeah. Like that. I mean, knowing how much I hate Windows 8 and everything about Windows 8 now. It's the devil's OS. It's, t- it's terrifically bad. It's, 
My God. It's like it's like the people at Wii U decided to go and make an operating system. <laughs> oh dear. Let's not go there. Let's right? not go there. Well, the Wii U is having a patch soon that will apparently take you less than a minute and a half to switch between different menus. Well done, so that's good news. Well done. well done for that. Yeah. Uh, not so good news for LucasArts. Oh, is something happening there? Something is happening <laughs> there. God, yes. You could have teed that up a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, after many, many years of making mediocre games... Ooh, Ooh. Nasty. They're laying off staff and moving to a licensing model. So um, the official statement reads, this came out yesterday, after evaluating our position in the games market, we've decided to shift LucasArts from an internal development to a licensing model, minimising the company's risk while achieving a broader portfolio. Anyway, it goes on for ages talking about not a lot. Basically, right. the last good games that LucasArts made were about a decade ago. Yeah. And considering they've got some of the best licenses to play around with, that is disastrous, right? Shame about Star Wars 13, 13 though, right? But have but they actually it? said that it's... Oh, so yeah, it's, it's on canned. hold. It, no, well, no, it's, it's canned, on but hold. The possibility is licensing it. They're not going to be making it anymore. Right, okay. Is so. that a bad thing? I don't think so. Possibly not. I mean, it, do you know, they, they said it was going to be about Boba Fett after all. After all the speculation. Now, interesting you say Boba Fett. I say Boba. 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 Are people in the room? Chris? Boba. Do you? I don't really give a shit. Yeah. And I met him. Right. So... It's he, Boba. He's not real. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Bullock is, who played yeah. Boba Fett, yeah. who I interviewed for the site, and whose son went to my school. Did he say yeah. the words Boba Fett in his own yeah. words? And it was Boba. Well, it was in the interview we talked about the character. Boba Fett. Yeah. Boba Job. Boba's my favourite. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> we're getting away from this. So who's going to be making all those um, games? Based well, no one. But basically, all they've announced so far is that they're shutting down the, the kind of internal development, which, look, it, it makes sense. What was the last good... Star Wars game from Lucas from Lucas Arts okay. importantly yeah um, yeah I mean yeah. a long 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 time ago so do, um, what did Disney do with their games for, based on their properties uh, they licensed some out yeah, and they depends. have an internal development studio for others yeah. so Disney Infinity the thing with the figures like Skylanders is being developed at Disney which but, is cool they're doing more and more stuff internally mm. um, but it's still all published under the, the Disney interactive brand um, whereas this feels like it's more like, I guess more like, um, you know, Star Wars in in the in the, the way they're looking for directors. It's mm. like you know, look for the very best di- directors, look for the very best developers to develop Star mm. Wars. Games. Kind of makes sense. I think it? it's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Does it mean that uh, we'll get a sequel to Day of the Tentacle? I really hope that somebody somewhere mm. takes that license because LucasArts have refused to basically develop new adventure games for the past Which is a years. crying shame because they Absolute were so shame. good. Wouldn't like, even put them on the iPad. They no. would be brilliant. Yeah, just stick them on the iPad. At least mm. put Day of the Tentacle on the what iPad. What about Rockstar making a Star Wars game? Mm, they would never would. No. Uh, also, you couldn't. The problem with it, like, the thing that I, I'm sure, as, as good as the Star Wars licenses are, I'm sure they're really restrictive as well, and you mm-hmm. can only do certain things with certain characters. So who, who would make awesome games based on LucasArts properties? Well, it depends what you want from them, because the whole thing about Star Wars is that they still seem absolutely uh, geared up to pushing it towards kids, don't they? Yeah, so I, I they're, they don't see... have to be kind of child-friendly. But what you, I think everybody here would really like kind of a, a dark, gritty game in mm. the Star Wars universe. Well, I, 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 think it, I think down the line... It's gonna it's gonna change. I think they're gonna be different tiers. I think there's gonna be kids films and adult films. I want to see I Naughty Dogs like Star sexy Wars. time films. Sexy time. <laughs> I've already seen a couple of them. Robot oh, porn. Jabber my hut. Yeah. <laughs> Touch my wookie. Don't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think Naughty Dog would do an amazing job. Yeah. With a Star Wars game. Yeah. The Uncharted dudes. 
I know who Naughty Dog are, but thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> just your lack of an opinion is so surprising to me. No, I was trying to think of Naughty Dog and, and touch my Wookiee, that's all. So. <laughs> okay. And Naughty Dog touches Chris's Wookiee, so. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next piece of news, shall we? I, don't know, I didn't even understand any of the words on the next piece of news. Far Cry. Oh, I understand that. What? It's a new piece of DLC. Okay. So we think. I mean, this came out around about April Fool's Day. Yeah, was so this thing that had like a, a weird kind of 80s style yeah. trailer? Yeah. Yep, so yep, everybody yep. thought it might be a complete joke, but it turns out it's not and it actually is real. Right. They, we, they've leaked some screens online. Screens showing kind of pink neon um, nukes, chain guns, cyborgs in a kind of facility. Um, the sentence, the only sentence that we have is a teaser site that launched this week that suggests it's set in 2007. And that Earth has been ravaged by a nuclear war and new paths for peace must be found. A US cyborg army may have found a solution. A powerful bioweapon on a distant island. A Mark IV Cyber Commando Sergeant Rex Power Cult has been sent over to gather information and figure out what the hell is going on. Hmm. So that's the information we have alongside a bunch of screenshots of nukes and chain guns and cyborgs. I don't get it. It's not very far cry, is it? Not really. I just don't get it. Like when all they could have done is thrown dinosaurs in there, and that would have been the most well, amazing. Everybody game wanted the best game in the world. Everybody wanted dinosaurs. Best game in the mm. world. Yeah. And, and I must admit, until you said earlier that it's like uh, an add-on to Far Cry Three, I just assumed it was a kind of uh, whole new game using the same engine. Well, we're yeah. not one hundred percent sure of that, but it would seem right. it would seem that I mean, this isn't something you based just, an entire game honestly, about, is it? It's got to be a looked small at one. the screens, and I just don't get it. <laughs> Indeed. Well, maybe we'll see it soon. Maybe Ubisoft will show us what it is. That would be nice. It's got me thinking about nuclear weapons. I wonder if they've always got to be connected to the internet. Oh, shit. Imagine it. What if North if... Korea's wireless goes down. Yeah, what well, do they go off after three minutes? Oh. Well, that's a great thing for it's us to take away. terrible read. model. We'll find out soon. Probably will, won't we? <laughs> By the time this podcast goes live. Yeah. Speaking of which, wasn't Olympus has fallen very prescient? Wasn't it just? Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about that now? Uh... Yeah, definitely. Oh, I good. Could, uh, yeah, whatever. By the way, we didn't say that, actually, of what we're up to this week. We did have Gerard Butler come in the office. Butler. We absolutely did. Uh, for half an hour to talk about uh, Olympus Has Fallen, the new movie, and to do a Google Hangout with us and a couple of lovely readers called Daryl and Andrew and a bunch of people on Twitter. And it was that was all- so weird. Man, man on the building site. Well, yeah. Can you explain what happened, Alex? <laughs> well, I can't. I just saw. I was. I tuned in. Saw a man on a building site well, talking was, to a Hollywood I was, star. I wasn't best pleased. I was hosting, and we spoke to the guys beforehand. Who were who were one was um, googling us from his bedroom, I think, or his pools of residence, and the other from his office. Yeah. And so I said hello to them, and then came to sit down in in where we were shooting, and then Gerard came in and. Tom Butler introduced the whole thing and it threw to me and then I looked on the screen and suddenly the chap in the office wasn't in office anymore. He was on a building site wearing safety goggles and a helmet. And I honestly thought, I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm doing, I honestly thought he's taking the piss. <laughs> like, yeah, he's going he's gonna to start singing Village People or something when we cut to him. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been something. But so, doesn't, yeah. that, doesn't that, that show you how we can harness the power of the internet? Isn't that amazing? Isn't Guy sitting there on his phone on a building yeah. site. In, in Glasgow. Skyping Hollywood star via IGN. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was great until the electric saws and the, the hammering started yeah. going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. Which we told Rich Bear Park to switch those off, and he did. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the yeah. bit where he uh, where Jared Butler um, complimented him on his hat, and he was like, yeah, it's for safety. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Oh, bless him though. It's good, good for him to to yeah. phone I think it's amazing. I think was. it was an amazing hangout. It was really good. And also, and there was that very weird picture that happened. Yes, number one on Reddit. Number one on Reddit. Where everybody, the most of the IGN editorial team, asleep 
on Gerard Butler. What's the story behind weird. that picture? Well, firstly, well, the most exciting bit I thought of the whole thing was when he said, this is Sparta. Because he said he hates doing it and yeah. he gets to know when people ask him and then we said, well, can you do it anyway? Yeah. And he did it properly, like, louder than he does it in the film. Come on then, Chris. <laughs> no, on. I think Keza should because she's We Scottish. should all do our best This Is Sparta. That'll break the microphones, it but do let's. Come on. All right, do it slightly off mic then. All right then. Who's first? Chris, you're first. Can we not just all do it at the same time? This is Sparta. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? That was bullshit. That, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> is, that, is that really yours? Oh, yes. Yeah. This is Sparta. Keza's the only one because she's got the accent. This is Sparta! That's it. That's pretty really good. Was right. that not better than Gerard Butler? I can't His story was quite funny about that as well. Have another mic go. Go <laughs> on, then. We've got a winner. All right, then. Oh, oh let Alex do it. Go on, Alex, you do it. This is Sparta! It's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Thanks. Yeah. That's pretty good. I'm going with Kez. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Readers, vote for me. <laughs> His story was funny, though, where he said that when they were, he, he did it about ten different ways, and that was the most stupid, piss-takey way he did, and he went behind the... And he said all the crew were kind of laughing at him, yeah. and he went to the director to apologise, and the director said, no, that's the one. That was fucking you, awesome! You can totally see that in Zack Snyder there. He's like, oh, man, they're like totally awesome. <laughs> I don't I know, Zack Snyder, like he probably just sat back, stretched, yawned, yawned. and said... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Stu and I had a somewhat disastrous interview with Zack Snyder once where he just was disinterested for 40 minutes in everything I asked him. <laughs> Couldn't look me in the eye. No, just kept um... yawning. Anyway, look forward to talking to him again this summer for Superman. I'm sure he'll be absolutely fine. But, uh, but we got to the end of the interview and um, Gerard, uh, some of the guys came in and said, can we do a picture with Gerard? So he said, yeah, let's pose. And so we all did kind of boxing, fighting poses. And he said, let's do one where we're all asleep. And everyone was like, that's a bit weird. He's like, no, it'd be funny. And so we did, except he told Rich Bear Park off, because in the first picture, Rich was sucking his thumb. Are you fall <laughs> so- asleep sucking your thumb, Rich Bear Park? Rich Bear Park is here, but he's not on mic. <laughs> yes or no? Thumbs up or thumbs down? He thumbs doesn't. Down, that looks like a well-sucked thumb. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we did one where uh, the, his thumb was out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, just on the off chance, Tom stuck up on Reddit and we ended up number one on Reddit. Gerard Butler fucking knows Reddit well, doesn't he? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. There's over a million people He knows what it. works. So if you've seen the picture... Should we should hire Gerard Butler. To be our social, <laughs> yeah. social media director. Uh, Sorry, Tom. Can we, go, can we also big up Olympus is Falling? Because yeah. for a big, dumbass Saturday night movie, I don't think you'll see anything finer. We loved it. It's, it's, it's really... If you like seeing people stabbed in the brain, you can't beat that it. Sounds it's awesome. dumb fun. And I was talking to him before we got the interview going because I wasn't sure whether to broach the subject. Were you guys taking the piss or not? Like, does he think he's made a serious film? And, like, yeah, they totally got what they were doing every step of the way. And yeah. the dialogue's silly sometimes and the action's over the top and... It just works. It's a ride. It's a really yeah. good ride, and it and it's it, there are so many little homages to to the original Die Hard Homage. movie. If you like that, Ooh. go and watch it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, we like that one. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent, but what were we talking about? We were Avengers? talking about no Far no. Cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Were we talking about the Avengers? We can talk no. about the Avengers now if you want. Has, yeah. any, has yeah. anything happened to uh, occur? The Avengers to the are Avengers? going to assemble in the UK. Marvelous. That and that's it. <laughs> yeah, they announced this week that the Avengers 2 is going to shoot in uh, at Pinewood Shepparton, which is very exciting, because the last film shot in the States. Um, and it looks like Marvel are really kind of moving all their projects over here, because uh, the last Thor shot here, Captain America shot a lot in Manchester, of all places. Mm. Did it? Yeah, because it 
Oh, no, was that the last Captain America? It might be the last Captain America, because it looked like World War II London. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Probably around Rush Holm, was it? Sorry, Manchester, but that's actually what happened. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That, that was this... Was that this one? That was this Captain America. It wasn't Avenger, but Captain America. Weird, because... that was about three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. No, I said, that's what I meant. I wonder yeah. if it was Captain America 2. Oh, no, 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 it was Captain America 1, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is shooting here, and they announced that um, at the end of the year... The pre-production for Avengers 2 will move to the studios to start pre-production and they'll start principal photography in early 2014 and it comes out May of 2015. That's great news because all the, all the tech guys in the, in the British studios, they are, they are awesome at what they do. And it's yeah. really nice to hear that they're going to be in employment for some time thanks to all these amazing kind of American superheroes. And it gave Tom, like yeah. and it gave Tom an idea to give the superheroes a British slant. So he suggested Iron Manchester... Wow. Iron Brew Man, surely. Well, I was coming to that. Oh, I'm so thanks sorry. Thanks for spoiling it. Ru- 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 the worst Just cross that out. Just yeah. the worst um, person. Incredible Hull. Captain Amersham. Oh, my God. <laughs> Blackpool Widow. How, how much long has this gone on for? <laughs> <laughs> I've got two more. Nick Berry. Oh, I don't what? get that. Jeez, I don't, I don't even get Christ. that. And, and Chef Shield. I don't understand what that this is. is ju- these are just words. <laughs> this is the best feature we've ever done on the podcast. <laughs> what does Chef Shield mean? It's Shield, but with Chef at the start of it. Awesome. There's four in there. All right. Now, now's your chance, Alex. Uh, Thornton Heath. Thought Park. Thornton <laughs> <laughs> Heath. Good. No. Okay. Oh, my so that, God. That's the end of the Avengers story. Loki. <laughs> what? Loki. Where's what? Where's that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll accept more of these if people want to write oh, in. Oh, for God's sake, yeah, just yeah. make sure that they... We can make it a regular feature. Please do. Let's not prolong this. feedback Also, Tom wanted to do something with the tube map to do with the Avengers, and I was sitting with him at his desk. He was staring at the tube map for ages. I was like, mate, there's nothing, nothing's going to happen here. This is just going nowhere. Maybe he's having a breakdown. <laughs> but if anyone out there has a... Avengers tube map they can send us. We'll take that as well. Alex, you're thinking about that really now, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. You're going to hear nothing else from Alex Simmons for the rest of the podcast right, okay. until suddenly he kind of shouts out <laughs> a tube name that's something to do with the Avengers. Milton Low Keynes. That's shit. <laughs> that was tea. These are so bad, they're sending me delirious. <laughs> All right. Uh, final bit of news for this week is that there is going to be a sequel to Finding Nemo. No Yay! big surprise here because I'm trying to think of a of a project that Pixar have done that I haven't made a sequel to apart from A Bug's Life that wasn't Pixar The Incredibles yes, of course it was yeah. was you're it? Thinking, you're, you get you're thinking of Ants oh I'm thinking of Ants yeah, no, yeah Ants though. was the shit one, the Incredibles yeah any chance of a sequel of that because I love that well that's the one that the fans have most wanted and they've steadfastly refused at this point because mm. I think they've said they've told the story they wanted to which is fair enough mm. if they have up they're never going to do an up to no what are you up to <laughs> up again <laughs> what are you up to <laughs> and I think a Brave 2 is unlikely Brave 2 is unlikely yeah Oh, I right. like Brave. I would love a Brave too. Okay, but the, um, Every, everyone just doesn't. The Finding Nemo story yeah. shocked us all. It was pretty much the biggest story, news story on the site this week. Yeah. It's uh, huge. Where did that come from? Like, I didn't realise people were that. There's a lot of love for, uh, for Finding Nemo. It's Finding awesome. Nemo is a great film. Really, it's a good movie. Yeah, that's really not is. crying out for a sequel. It's not, is it? Me. Once again, no, that but, story is pretty self-contained. But, so obviously, it's called Finding Dory. 
Yeah. But I love the fact it's not obviously if it was Finding Nemo too, that would be bullshit. But the fact it's based on one of the other characters, I think it's really really good. Or I'm assuming this. They've yeah. given away no info, I guess. I couldn't watch Finding Nemo. Uh, all they say is it takes seen. place roughly a year after the events of the first film. Will it's they remember anything? Going to take place partly along the California coastline. Well, Dory's not going to remember a thing, is she? I hope the sharks are back. I love Bruce. Get out, Bruce. Yeah, it just seemed like one of those stories that would come and go, though. Not that hundreds of thousands of people would be uh, commenting on. Well if you it. care about Finding Dory, write in and tell us why. Yes, please well, do. We'd love to now. hear what people want. What, 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 what do you want from Finding Dory? What do you think would be good? Uh, well, I don't know what I want from Finding Dory, but in terms of... like Finding Nemo is just a beautiful film in terms of the way it was presented, like... Uh, the whole coral reef stuff. I think it was the first kind of CG movie that I looked at and thought, "Fuck, that looks amazing," on my TV. But also, it's just a lovely story. Mm. Very moving. Yeah. Did your little one like? She the film? loves it. Yeah. But that she doesn't see the first few chapters. You skip that, do you? Same. Same. To That's, be honest, most are Disney you protecting movies. your child from death? Well, she's not even three yet, so yes. Mm. So I, did I tell you that the fish, the dead fish story? I can't remember if I did. We've got two goldfish at home. One of them is called Nemo and the other one's called Ginger. And the other day, it was a very, very sad day in the Reed household because we woke up, went downstairs, and there was little Ginger floating on the top of the tank, oh completely dead. Uh, and so Michelle, my partner, kind of went over to Polly and knelt down so she was on a level and said, Polly, I'm afraid that Ginger has gone to heaven. Now, shall we have a little ceremony and put her in a little box and say bye-bye. Polly just looked at her mummy and said, no, just chuck it in the bin, we'll get another one. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) I look forward to your funeral. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the Finding Nemo news, and I think that is the news for this week. The news. We already spoke, uh, touched upon the fact that we've all been playing Bioshock, uh, apart from you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not interested? You're missing out. Yeah, yeah, no, I am. It's really, really good. It's really good. Blow the dust off your console. Stick the disc in. Go on. You know you want to. Is that the, the one game I should play this year? I yes. think so. It's yeah. the one game you should play what the last GTA? five years. No, no, Bioshock. Games. Really? Yeah, over GTA. Yeah. What? You, you haven't even seen GTA. How do no, you say look that? Look at him, wow. Look at Alex oh. piping up over there. I just think, what, what, right, okay, what so, an so idiotic G- comment. GTA looks awesome. But it also looks like GTA, whereas Bioshock is like nothing I've ever played except Bioshock. All right. Yeah, but at the same time, the story for Bioshock is great. The game itself. Yeah, that's so. that's fair. Next weekend, I'll play Bioshock. So before we start properly talking about Bioshock, can I just say that I'm currently at the... Well, I've done the, the Finks bit with uh, where you have to go and find the gunsmith. Think yeah. time. So if you talk about anything beyond that, I right. will fucking kill you. Well, do you need to step out? No. No. To, no, 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 we're going to talk well, about Are we going to do spoilers? How many? Let's we're not going to talk about We're not going to say spoilers. All I'm going to say to you is that you still have the best to come. Yeah, that's yeah. good. But anyway, audience, if you haven't got past Finktown, then. If you don't know what Finktown is, or why you need to go and see a gunsmith, <laughs> step away now. If you, if you haven't met Elizabeth yet, you probably really want to leave the room. Yes. Yeah. Or, or mute the podcast. Skip it for a bit. Skip it. But we did. So, we, we did. Um, Daniel and I did a. Um, we talked about Bioshock's ending. We've done a video trying mm. to kind of discuss and try and explain from our points of view what Bioshock's ending is all about. And Alex has been trying desperately to avoid yeah. seeing. Is that what you're going to start talking about now? Any of it. So it's been. <laughs> it's, been it's been a week of Let's trying to avoid the telling Alex things. Shall we? Yeah, the beginning's a bit. Very odd, isn't it? 
Do you not think when you just dumped in the in the boat and you're yep. being rowed towards the lighthouse and you did you, you know. play the original Bioshock? Yes. Okay, so how do you think it compares? Um, I have to say, having not completed the game, I don't think the opening compares as well to the original Bioshock because there's something about the original Bioshock where you're not really told anything. Mm. Whereas I think, and I I, I, I talked about to, a little bit to you about this, Kez. There's a really good article on, on on one of them their internets about this. It's almost guiding you a little bit too much. They're like. You you get onto the lighthouse and there's immediately some shiny coins for you to pick up. Right, and it's just it it, it doesn't quite follow through on the courage of its convictions. Yep, yep, yep. I know what you mean. Yeah, because yeah. that's I think I mentioned this to you. At times, it feels like the gameplay completely gets in the way of the story. Mm-hmm. Like when you're following um, or you know trying to find Elizabeth for the first time. And it's just sort of drawing you towards her. And, you know, the, the story and the atmosphere is like, come over here. And all I'm doing is looking in the bins to see if there's any more coins. It's like, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing in the world ever. Yeah. But I can't stop myself from doing it. Or, or thinking it's just around that corner is another kind of like uh, upgrade or this, that and the other. And, and that's where the kind of the story and the atmosphere clash with the kind of more traditional gameplay mechanics. I wonder if... Do you think you might go back through and play it a second time and take more notes of the surroundings the next time you play? Or are you doing that now and doing to that the now. detriment of the gameplay? See, I, I, I think what I would like, what I prefer is a purer story experience where I'm not really worrying about how much money I've got because I've got to go and buy ammo and this, that and the other. It's literally being dragged through it like I would be a story or a movie or something like that. How do you use the vending machines very often? Not really. Well, this is the thing. I, I use kind them of all the time. it's all I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I played it on hard, on misguidedly, and when you when you play the game on hard, I switched it actually. I switched it after after a while down to normal because it yeah. was just getting in the way, and I just wanted to finish the game. Yeah. And um, when you're on hard, the money becomes so important. Like every single cent that you have becomes massively, massively important because it's the difference between life and death. And towards the oh, I can't say anything. This, this is really hard for me because the the ending of the game. Retrospectively what, changes everything about the rest of the game, so I'm trying not to. I'll hover my fist next to your face, and if Excellent. you if you make a fuck up, I'll just lash out. That sounds good. Well, I, I see what you're saying there. If but if you play it on the normal level, or or maybe the easy level, uh, it almost seems like the the vending machines and having to raise the money gets in the way because you just seem to get enough enough yeah. ammo well, in, and in enough terms, enough health, enough ammo is just scattered around yes. the world. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's the, the vigor upgrades you want. Yeah, it's the upgrades. Mm. So the upgrades for your vigors and uh, like you know, like upgrading your weapons and that kind of shit. That's the only thing I've used it for so far. Mm. I just think the, the problem... I mean, this is kind of explained a bit towards the end of the game, but the problem I had with it really was the vigors don't make sense in Colombia. Like, in a, in a world that's founded on racial purity, mm. why would vigors which alter your genetics... Mm. make any sense like it made sense in rapture doesn't make sense in colombia also it's you know colombia is a closed society and it's a really tightly controlled society and a very religious society religious societies don't generally take well to genetic modification and also not one single other person despite the fact that there's posters about them everywhere and there's vigors everywhere in the world not one other enemy in the entire game ever uses a vigor against you very interesting never once what about the crows dude yeah, but the crows dude is not a guy using vigors. He's he, he's not using the murder of crows on you. Is no, he? he's, he's turning yeah. into and similarly the guys who throw fireballs. They're not necessarily using devil's kits. They're just yeah. like they're machines that are, you know, they're, mm. they're like special enemies. They're not. There's no enemy that uses what about, vigors. What about Slate who uses the um, shock jockey? 
Oh no, that's fair. Yeah, there is Slate. There is Slate who uses shock jockey on you at the I end win. of all heroes. There's like eight vigors, and that's the only one that, that, that uses them against you. Why, why, did none of, why did none of the other enemies at all? Like, why did none of like the police that. have him? Yeah. Why did none of the police have him? The why Bucking Broncos one. Does anyone actually use that? Is it called Bucking Broncos? Yeah, Bucking Broncos, the one that tosses them up in the air. Rubbish. It's rubbish. I mean, there there are some vigor combos that are really good. But um, like there are some you can do a one-two with two vigors yeah. and it does massive, massive damage. Well, you can use the the murder of crows, and then you can set them on fire using the fireball. Indeed, or you yeah. can. Well, the, I like that one. Have related. you been to? Do you know the the, the water-based one? Yeah. No, I haven't got okay. that. Okay. Okay. But okay. obviously, water you can do a log flume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I enjoy meleeing in the game though. That's great fun. Melee, especially when you you've know- got. Well, it's very satisfying it with the, the, the skyhook. But the most interesting thing for me about the melee was the way that when you do the horrible kills, Elizabeth goes, oh, in the background. She just acts really disgusted at you, and that made me feel so bad about it. Like, I never did them again after that, because she always makes this, like, disgusted noise at you when you do the kills. She doesn't to me. All she does is yawn. <laughs> does she yawn? She yawns. My Elizabeth never yawns. Because I'm yeah. a doddery old fart where it comes to you. Where have I got to go next? Where's my ex button? <laughs> <laughs> But the, the world it's created is incredible. Yeah. Like the opening like scene is, I, I thought was, I know what you mean, but at the same time I thought it was more breathtaking than Bioshock 1. It's the, uh, the whole world is tangible as well. You God, really yeah, feel incredible. as if it's a, a solid yeah. p- uh, thing, don't Did you? Did you see the barbershop quartet singing the Beach Boys? Yes. That yes. nearly made me cry. I don't even know why. I was just like, it was so beautiful and like not expected from a video game. I sat and watched it for five minutes. Yeah. And it was just... I was just not used to. I'm just not used to how good Bioshock is. I'm used to video games being fairly hilarious and crap, in general. And then when you play something like Infinite, it's like, oh no, this this is what I want. This is what this is what we can do. I think that's the Find point. It inspiring. Right? I think that's why the the kind of the gameplay sort of contrasts so much against mm. it. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know a way around it. It is very weird, like going through literally every single bin that you go through looking for an orange. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's, it's a massive disconnect, isn't it? Like, oh, mm. I've found some cigarettes in a bin. Let's smoke them to restore my health. Yeah, <laughs> it's an insane situation. Yeah. But you know, on the other hand, video games. But I guess it is. At the end of the day, it's a game, and we, as a society, we're still at a certain point that we expect a certain thing from a big budget game. Is that right? I think. The Whereas only maybe way- if they did, if they did a uh, this kind of game. In, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, when people are more attuned to the possibility of what video games are, you might not actually need all the, sh- all the shooting but, and all the, all okay, the tropes but, that but are in there. Levine's spoken about that. He's like, the only way you can make a game like how I want to make it, basically, is to market it as a shooter so that people will buy it. That's why the cover art is the way it is. But see, I'm not against that, but what about... What about obviously, they put the 1999 mode in there that's kind of ultra-hard. So and, hard. And kind of old-school. But what about if they did like a, a version of the game where... You know, making sure you had enough am- enough ammo wasn't an issue, and that you literally played all of the action sequences, but you didn't have to worry about collecting all the shit or and, upgrades. Or yeah, um, you know, it gave you the stuff in a logical way, and and it was introduced. I think that would be a, a really smart way of doing it. Yeah. It would, wouldn't it? If you think about how how that could work for people who maybe weren't so interested in the gamey bit of it, and you could just have the experiency bit of it, still and, actually play the game properly, yeah. but not but not have you know, um, rooting through bins for yeah. orange peels and silver dollars because that doesn't really add anything to the game experience i don't think apart from well, the compulsive loot thing like oh loot, 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 no, completely fine. and it gives you more control over how you unlock um you know different bits and pieces but you know you're still given the vigors at exactly the same time you're still given the weapons pretty much at the same time it's just yeah. upgrading them as and when and again that that's superfluous really to kind of the, the overall story one last point elizabeth would it kill you to press an elevator button yourself why have I always got to press well, the lift button? Would it kill you to a pick a lock? She's had 
20 years to practice picking locks. Yep. Stop she... throwing money at me. <laughs> yeah, I've got enough cash, thanks, love. I've got loads here. Where are you finding it from? Just give it all to me. All to me at once in a big sack. <laughs> just dragging this sack around the entire game. Just full of dollars. <laughs> uh, I'm still here. <laughs> uh, how big a hit has it been? Uh, we don't know yet because it's no. only. Uh, well, it went to number one, didn't it? It did went to, it got it, went to number so one. It, it, it didn't sell as many in its opening week as Tomb Raider. Oh, well, considering the Tomb Raider was a disappointment for Square Enix, even though it sold loads. And that's, but then that's again, it. you know, you look yeah, at the size, amazing. the size of Tomb Raider and the brand and heritage of Tomb yeah, Raider. Yeah, totally. And Bioshock is still quite a. I would say a niche title in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, not like Tomb Raider, which was one of the first kind of mainstream but, um, video games, was it? Yeah, it still sold well. Yeah. Indeed. So, from what we've been saying, uh, would, has it piqued your interest, Chris? Or you... I was checking my emails, to be honest, on my phone. So that's a no, then. Excellent. Um, it, but I'm up for I'm, what Keza said at the beginning. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go play it. But, but, you, but I, you were getting bogged down and stuff. I didn't know what you were talking but, about. But to be honest, if there was a uh, a mode in the game where you could experience the story in the world without getting bogged down in all the uh, the, the little shit that you have to do, mm. I think you would absolutely enjoy it. Mm. Put it on easy. See if that makes a difference. Yeah. But you'll still have to do all that crap, right? I don't know. I mean, I would warn everybody not to not to play it on hard because it actually makes the game significantly less fun. At least mm. it did for me. I um, find even on medium, I'm having my ass handed to be able yeah. to play it on a regular basis. But medium was challenging in You're a fun way. Shit though, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <probably laughs> shit. Yeah. I think I died four times. On I, medium. I do find it funny that your other half, Keza, yeah, took my, so long he, t- to he took 30, 30 something hours to complete Bioshock because he started it on hard and he would not back down. <laughs> He's very stubborn. It took him five and a half hours to do that final battle. I won't go into no, details, no but more. it took him five and a half hours to do that you know I, I completed the game in I think 12 and a half hours mm-hmm. it took him 30 just because he would not turn the difficulty down it's like you that is ridiculous got stuck for literally hours on the same fights yeah. wow. amazing well as always let us know your thoughts on Bioshock uh, if you think it's too difficult too hard if you like the action if you don't like the action what do you want from video games in the future is this is what this do you the want way? from life yeah what do you want just tell us what you want uh, IGN UK feedback at IGN.com do get hold of us and speak the shit out of us like you've already been doing with this week's Reader FU Reader FU so I've got the first piece of feedback from Aaron Wallace in Orlando Florida who says uh, last week's podcast uh, sorry, with last week's podcast having a significant portion about the Wii U, I figured out I'd write in as an owner. I think the system itself is great. I don't. Uh, <laughs> and I'm glad I bought it because I think it has so much potential. I just did not realise I would have to wait for almost a year to, for it to reach that potential. Probably more than a year, to be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, any thoughts on how patient I should be, or do you recommend trying to sell it before it comes another paperweight? I know I Well, do. look, Kez, you are Nintendo's biggest fan here. Oh, my God. Last week just killed all of my enthusiasm for the Wii U pretty much in one fell swoop. We had <laughs> such an awful time trying to use the fucking console. So we did talk about it briefly on last yeah. week's podcast. Did you? Yes. <laughs> I missed oh, that, unfortunately. Like, trying, to f- trying to set up four Wii U's to try, play Monster Hunter. Try and download a video game from the eShop. Yeah. Just try and do that. Just at all. In like, one sitting. Unbelievable. <laughs> we, all I was trying to do was download Monster Hunter. We had a lot of time. We had like a whole two days to do it. And the eShop was down, like literally did not work, was down from Nintendo's side for about 12 hours. I stayed up until two in the morning waiting for the eShop to be back on. So I set it downloading after that. And uh, I got up again at five in the morning to check it was okay. And the bloody console auto-powered itself off. Brilliant. After an hour. It is so bad it was, it and, it, and it says on the screen, on the download screen, it says... Tick box. Do you want it to power down once it's finished downloading? And you go, yes, that's fine. And then it just auto powers down after an hour if you haven't turned that off, which I'd forgotten to do. So that was great. And then, then it had got you know a significant portion of the way up the progress bar, 
but because it had powered itself down, it corrupted the data. So right. I had to start. It was just honestly, it was so shit. And then the the online infrastructure of you know adding friends and stuff. I mean, it's a bit awkward. I mean, it's it's kind of livable, but it's a bit awkward. But the, also, the whole eShop thing, and also if you have a game that's larger than like six gigabytes, you have to have an external hard drive for it. I mean, this is stuff I hadn't experienced before, but now I have. And it's like I can't imagine ever downloading another game for that console. No, but also even the fact that it hasn't got like a an internet port on it you have to go via oh, Wi-Fi yeah, that's just awful that's God. just truly just awful basic things like that and you know yeah. and, and I mean, this is trivial stuff I suppose except when it really matters which it did last week it really really matters also yes. when you're trying to get four of them to run uh, at the same time well and then, to be fair they were trying to run off an Android phone because of our but then when we network. did get four versions of the game installed and then the Monster Hunter servers were down as yeah well. <laughs> that was amazing because we were trying to do it this will be you'll see this soon on the site we're doing a Monster Hunter video series with four of us playing Monster Hunter together and we just had this series of total disasters at the eShop mm. being down couldn't find a copy of the game to buy anywhere in London yeah. or on the internet we eventually managed to get four copies of it and then the Monster Hunter servers didn't work for an entire day so, but yeah, the games are still great. The but, games are still great, but the console just What does he do then? Yeah, the, yeah. So to answer his question... <laughs> uh, Sounds like you already does have. He, does he sell it? I don't think he should sell it. I think he should wait for the good games to come out. What are they going to be? Zelda, Mario, the usual... Long way off. Stuff. I think really probably the end of this year. Off. End of this year. And That's a long way off. Why, also, why not sell it? I, I've played it like 100 hours of Monster Hunter. It's, it's worth owning for that, I in my opinion. And you fair. like your Monster Hunter. I do love you? my Monster Hunter, yeah. yeah. I like the idea of it, but I think it's just a... It's too much of a time commitment for you, apart from the else. But, but also, I, I actually think as a someone coming into the game, I think it makes some fucking terrible design Oh, yeah, decisions. the first two hours of that game... Actually, the first two hours of any Monster Hunter game when you don't know what you're doing are painful, but that's why you need friends. Like, you need people to show you what to do, and then it's really fun. Oh, is like, social gaming? Oh. In Japan, it's easier because, you know... Everybody, everybody plays it everybody plays it and also everybody lives very close to each other so you can go around your friend's house to play like if I'm trying to organise people to come around my house in London it's like an hour away for some people and so yeah. on it's just a different cultural thing I don't know I think I think Wii U is going to be forgotten about Lego City Undercover is good yeah but but again the next big game is so far away mm, so yeah. far away 3DS yes. I mean I th- the first bit of that feedback I think this was the guy who asked if he should buy a 3DS or a Wii U uh, well, actually, he's asked another question. Oh, yeah. Does he buy a Vita or a 3DS XL? Or 3DS. He can't make a. He can't make a he can't decision. Make this man. <laughs> Just help him out here. Don't buy a Vita. Well, it depends. I mean, if he's buying a Vita, is he going to buy a PS4? It'll probably be worth it when the PS4. Uh, well, that's out. next week's question. I think. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> Good. Should oh. he stay or should he go? I'd go for a 3DS XL. Out of those two. I would. Luigi's Mansion is great, by the way. Oh, yeah. I have some more feedback. It turns out, dearest, dearest IGN UK podcast crew, says James Ward. I imagine you've had this question asked lots of times, but as we're coming to the end of a generation, what is the standout game for you, or games, over the past few years? Mm. For me, it would have to be either Uncharted 2 or Portal 2. Pretty much perfect games. What do you think? Mm. I'd say Portal 2. I, I, I absolutely love, because it's, as we were saying earlier, it's doing something really different. You're not blowing things up, you're not shooting stuff. Mm. You're, you're solving puzzles in such a clever way. The script is brilliantly written as well. The, the whole story is so, so good. I just think it's an incredible game. It's it's one of the very few video games I could think about going back and playing a second or third time. Mm. Mm. Um, Bioshock mm. Infinite. Yeah, really? th- genuinely. Yeah. No, I, I I feel like that at the minute. I must admit. I, I actually I think as a genre, the first person shooter really came of age in this generation. Mm. Like previous generations. Was anything as good as the original Half Life though? Or uh, Half Life Two? I was going to say Half Life Two. Yeah, Half-Life personally, 2. but uh, but again. For different reasons, like again, I love Far Cry Three. I'm not sh- I'm not 
sure I'd say it's probably my game of the generation. But like uh, like Call of Duty, the first Modern Warfare, God, that was yeah. amazing at the time. Mm, that was an extraordinary game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. The, the Giddies in the Mist. I remember seeing that at E3 like years and years ago and then playing it, it was like... Wow, this is what FPSs should be like, and obviously now and then that all is just, of them were like that. No, I know that, but, but you can't you can't criticize that game. That was the one that defined it, right? So, mm. um, Dark Souls as well for me, really? amazing game. Yeah, defining game of the generation, I think, in lots of ways. Like it, it, I won't go into Dark Souls because I'll be talking for sixteen hours and everybody will fall asleep. What about Skyrim? It's great. No, really, Oblivion more than Skyrim because mm. it was the first like proper open world game. It was the, it, that was the first one where you walked out of the sewer and you saw the world and you were like holy shit we've never been able to do this before like Skyrim yeah. was like doing it again which is still an awesome game but it wasn't the kind of generation defining moment for me see I would say a similar thing for GTA not really for the game itself but just for that world at the time mm. is like yeah. wow this is amazing like this world is the most realised world I've ever ever sort of spent time in it feels to me like there's a feature in this question I think there probably yeah, will it's, be. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's happening. I mean, for me, it's when Angry Birds burst onto the scene. Jesus Christ. It changed everything. You need to buy an Apple iPlay. Why? Do I? Yeah, did you not see the video for that? <laughs> oh, I did. I did. Did everyone else see the video for the Apple iPlay? I don't know. It was uh, IGN's April Fool's and it's Apple's console. What? Uh, it wasn't real. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but the only game that's going to come on it is Angry Birds. So it's, <laughs> it is Chris's perfect console. <laughs> I'm not playing that. For, I'm more a Words with Friends man now. Okay. I only played it. A but you of do get all versions of Angry Birds. <laughs> no, I only ever got one. <laughs> little Big Planet, because play, create, share has become not just a motto for like Little Big Planet, but for all games now. Uh, I thought Little Big Planet was a good idea, but a boring game. There you go. Anyway. Mm. I've got some feedback, and it's about the Wolverine trailer, which we talked about last week. But um, a couple of bits have come in. First from Michael Bristow, who wants to let his geek juices seep out for a minute. Mm, that's a pleasant a metaphor. Nice image. Um, he talked about the last film, which I personally hated entirely. He says he liked parts of it, but hated the way they screwed with Deadpool and some other bits and pieces of it. Yeah, but you did see that, that screener that was released before the effects, didn't you? No, I, I went, I went um, with the entire San Francisco office when I was out in San Francisco of IGN. We all went there, we all got the afternoon off because uh, we were all part of the same Fox family and we thought for a treat we'd go and watch the film. Mm. And um, people just started sloping off after about 45 minutes from the screening because it was that bad. Yeah. Wow. That's something when you'd rather go back Sloping to work than watch Wolverine. I'm sure screening. they didn't go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did either. Um, anyway, Michael says, I was utterly nonplussed watching the Wolverine trailer. I was really looking forward to this, the change of scenery, classic story, promised that Wolverine would actually kick some ass this time. I have to agree with you all, this all looks more like more of the same. I'm not dismissing it straight away, but it doesn't excite me. Wolverine never really kicked ass as he should in the films. The fun thing about his character is the fact that he's indestructible, athletic, no-nonsense and brutal. He can have a good fight with the Hulk, for God's sake. Wolverine should be jumping off walls, ripping off limbs with his claws, not shouting a lot and getting beaten up. I'm kind of with him up until this point, but then he says, I'm starting to think Hugh Jankman is not right for the job. Reboot. Now, I don't think this is Hugh Jackman's fault. I think he's great as Wolverine. I think you can blame the script and the director, but I don't think he's doing anything wrong. No, but I also do think it would it would have been time for a new Wolverine. You think? Yeah, he's been he's done it so many times, and he's back for X Men, right? Days of Future Past as well. When was the first time he played Wolverine? God knows, a long time. Two thousand and one, I yeah. think. Right, yeah. so twelve years. Yeah. Move on, jog else, on, son. Who else could play Wolverine though? Oh, I don't know. Who, who else could you see in that work role? Danny DeVito. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um, 
And I have one from Daryl Sharp as well on the same subject. And this is quite an interesting question. He talks about the fact that he... Um, he thought, I think he might be one of your lot, Keza, because he says the domestic trailer was pish poor. One of pish, your lot? A lady. <laughs> pish poor. <laughs> pish poor. He's probably Scottish. Probably. That's pish. Um, That's and so for Jeans. readers that don't know this, the domestic trailer is the American trailer. Because I didn't know this when I first started. Domestic means American trailer. And the international trailer... Um, came out on the same day, and he the says Americans that, are so self-centered. Aren't oh, they? Yeah, yeah, it really is. World Series of baseball, yeah. fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's an ego <laughs> thing, isn't it? Um, he says that said, the international trader is a whole different ball game and interests me. I think it lends itself better to making you want to watch the movie and find out more. Is this anything to do with the American consumer that they need dumbed-down movie trailers? As I reckon, my son, who is nearly two and a half, would find the U.S. trader less stimulating than an episode of Postman Pat. Didn't they, for, on the poster of Ratatouille, have to sort of spell it out phonetically so people knew how it was pronounced? They did, yeah. That is amazing. Sickening, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I think they're not being fair on the American public there, though, by doing that. Mm. Well, it's, difficult. it's hard one to say, isn't it? I guess a domestic trailer like that, they, they're trying to just open that up way beyond its core audience. So they are probably going to play it a little bit dumber for the for, for, for the American I didn't see the difference I mean the trailers the, the international one was longer but it was pretty much the same thing with just a few more what, story and action beats what but tends to be the difference between domestic and international trailers I don't think there's any consistency that I really? can see I mean we could it's, it's a question worth putting to the studios whether mm. they'd answer I don't know but I guess you know I guess an international trailer they might want to be less dialogue heavy because they're going out in different languages and right um, so, and, and to clarify, that's the one that will be shown in the cinemas? Yes. Because obviously both are seen worldwide anyway. Yeah, but the, the studios so. will want us to promote the international trailer here, not the domestic. Right. They, they normally request that. We, right. we don't. We put up whichever one we want, to be honest. Yeah. But. but again, if there's new stuff, then we'd put up both, right? It boils down, yeah, it boils down to different marketing teams. Is it, is it the US marketing well? team will be a certain, a certain thing will work for you know, certain countries and vice versa. Um, yeah, I think sometimes be a rating thing, or you get yeah. you get the red band. Although the Americans seem to be the ones making the red band trailers. Because so. on, on games you get Peggy trailers and ESRB trailers, but you don't actually They're get different, different. You don't get trailers that are cut differently. No, You're generally not. No, no. It's a good question, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Daryl. I have another piece of feedback. This is from Mike Jones. Mike Jones says, "Hi guys." So how he spells his name? With loads <laughs> Jones. Of loads. Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Love the podcast, and I'd like to get your opinion on a thought that I had while watching some GDC tech demos. How much control would you be willing to lose in a game in order to experience better graphics and maybe a better story? Games like Tomb Raider and Uncharted 3 do this already to a degree, um, but as a gamer, where do you feel the line can be drawn? Do you think new games will be able to offer better visuals while maintaining freedom, or does the argument come back to development skills and costs again? I have two words for you. I'm a child that lived through Dragon's Lair. That's Dragon's Lair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is if we're not careful what we're going to head back to because you know when I was playing Tomb Raider, that's how some of those QTEs felt to me. Same with God of War. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know these so over it. If you're not aware, the original Dragon's Lair was a, was a, a laser disc based game, so the, di- the the game was like a movie. What's Any that, excuse? Granddad? And all you had and all you had were these flashing points on the screen where you had to move your joystick left, right, up or down, or press a button, and you had to do I, it. I don't think it even told you where to move. No, no, it didn't. No, it you didn't. had to. And guess that was basically. the whole thing about. It. I remember literally putting my money in and going and dying and thinking, "What was the that? fuck was, was I supposed to do?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even flash it up like. Yeah. What was the first game that flashed up a prompt like that? Was it Shenmue? Did they invent QuickTime events? Oh, goodness knows. Who knows? But anyway, looks at the, their feet. I think Heavy Rain mm. and Beyond Two Souls and Beyond. David Cage's games are 
are an interesting um, <laughs> example of, of this, of, um, of, of story and visuals, like completely sacrificing gameplay for the sake of those two things. Um, but I think those worked out well. I think certainly Heavy Rain worked out pretty well, as long as you knew what it was. Look, I think there's going to be a balance. Well, there, there will... But then again, I don't think Heavy Rain looks any better than games that you completely interact with. Are you kidding? Heavy Rain looks... No, I'm not kidding. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'll be honest, I thought you were kidding. I was kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> are you kidding? Who are you kidding? <laughs> but I thought Heavy Rain looked astonishing, like, so much better than other games at the time. Like, That's because you've got shit eyes. I do have shit eyes. Who said that? We were just, but we were just bemoaning earlier on the fact that the the gameplay gets in the way of Bioshock Infinite. That's true. Well, I so, mean, that's not because you don't no want gameplay. Us. You just kind of want it to be a game that maybe you has play. less shooting. Um, no, that, no, 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 that no. That's not what I'm saying. The sh- I don't. I like the shooting. It's the, oh, it's the looting. It's the, yeah, it's literally scouring the environment for useless yeah. tat. So you like the shooting, not the looting. Yeah. Yes. What about the tooting? <laughs> Hooting? Anyway, right, I've got a piece of feedback from <laughs> wait, wait, Andy wait, wait. Sneddon. Before oh. we do that, the GDC demo, did everyone see that crazy bold man demo from Activision? Yes, scary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrifying. Yes. Do not want in my games. Andy Sneddon <laughs> What about when you just open your eyes after waking up? Do you just want him leer- leering over you? Why is the future that? always a bold man with lovely eyes? It's like the PS4 That's an amazing Twitter <laughs> question, isn't it? Put that out there, Kaz. If that's your future, you're welcome to it. <laughs> Uh, after last week's podcast where we were chatting about the new Metal Gear um, demo that was shown at GDC Andy Snedden asks what the chances of Guns of the Patriots being moved to 360 zero none I think okay good <laughs> <laughs> I've got a very similar uh, question here actually no it's not a very similar question uh, this is from Chris Mackin subject why are there no prison based games there are. There's exactly one that I can think of. All right, well, Two. let's see what he says. Uh, firstly, he wants to thank you, thank us for the always great podcast. Thank you. Oh, after listening to today. I've been thinking for a while now that the genre of prison-based games has been severely overlooked. What? This is funny. Quick time events where you just got to pick the soap up without getting the Yeah, yeah, Shawshank Redemption, the game. I would really like to see a game in the same vein as the old Codemasters title, Prisoner of War, where the player has free reign of the prison but has to adhere to roll calls, etc. But do it in a modern-day prison, whether it be an existing prison such as Alcatraz or one made from the ground up. He a says, modern-day prison? Alcatraz hasn't been a proper prison for fucking ages. Oh, it still exists as a building. A few games have experimented <laughs> briefly with this, like Mafia 2 and Splinter Cell Double Agent. But I think a whole game that progresses towards an escape would be uh, a really interesting game. Subtle RPG elements that build your skills at sneaking, bartering and cunning would be a really good inclusion as well. So what, well, is, what is the prison game called? The pr- Prison Architect. That's right. Yes. But that's that's basically yes. a real time strategy game where you have to manage a prison and it's it's a social That's not what our man's talking about. It's not no. at all, no. He, he wants and, to wear um it. obviously you touched upon it. that does sound like a really good concept for a game, but we the elephant in the room is what happens to gentlemen in prison, isn't it? Yes. Would that be part that's of the game? Well, I mean, that's is this the thing, what you like, want to happen? I, mean, I watched Oz recently. Oh yeah. my god, it's unbelievable. Incredible series. But just horrendous. Oh, no, when that so house falls on the witch, fucking hell, I hate it. <laughs> it's horrendous though, some of the things yeah, that happen to the, the gentleman in Honestly, the it, makes, it makes you feel sick. Um, At a BC? Oh. When you think about... Um, Scary man. When you think about... Uh, sorry, you just reminded me of Ada BC. Wait oh. a second! Nightmares. Wasn't there a prison break game? There was. There was a prison break. Was there? Yeah, there was a prison break. I remember it. 
I don't think it was very good. No. Was, was Wolfenstein not. a prison? Or am I making that up? Wolfenstein uh, was a castle. It was a castle. It was a castle. And, yeah. and, and you weren't a prisoner. No, fine. But like, I, I, they also, it's a very good excuse for extreme violence, isn't it? Prison drama in general. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But well, you, you couldn't make a prison game with just ignoring things like rape and other stuff that goes on in prisons and drugs and all those things. All that the you good can't, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what he's describing is basically a game a bit like the movie A Prophet. Yes. Have you seen A Prophet? Yes, yeah. It's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, I don't know, I don't know what the name was, but check out A Prophet. Yeah. And also Chris Mackin. Why don't you do one of those Kickstarters if you think it's such a good idea? Does Do a he Kickstarter. Ha- does he have a game studio to make the game once he's kickstarted? Not asking any. I'm just giving him ideas. It's fine. Just I would do like a Kickstarter. See- You've got nothing to actually make the project. <laughs> there you go. Give me some money. I've come up with an idea. Or get yourself arrested. <laughs> <laughs> live the dream. Yeah, live the dream. That you were wishing for. <laughs> I genuinely does not think you should get yourself arrested. But if you do, <laughs> if you do, email us from prison and let us know how it's going. Yeah. Have any of you ever been arrested? <laughs> no. No. Not for you anything. must have been. Why would I have been You're arrested? You're definitely the kind of person that's been arrested. Uh, no. Well, I don't know. Indecent exposure. Indecent. Indecent exposure. In Scotland. exposure. <laughs> I had a friend get arrested for doing a wee in an alley once. Which I thought was grim. <laughs> Ali McBeal. Ali McQuist. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of an alley, so let's move on. I got arrested. Downturn alley. When I was... What? A- Downturn. Downturn, Downturn alley. Awful. <laughs> I got arrested when I was a teenager... Um, because I was at an Iraq war protest that went bad. I wasn't really arrested. I mean, they, they handcuffed me and put me in a van, but then Which I was side were you on? <laughs> <laughs> I was the riot police. Yes, yes in my name. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I was underage, so they couldn't actually arrest me. They had to let me go after cautioning. So you weren't arrested? Well, I was, no. I was put in handcuffs and put in a van. I don't know. I and then held in a story. cell. Did you read? What? Have you been arrested? Let's move on. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Alex, you? Know. No, I haven't, no. You're smiling too much. No, I haven't. You know, I would just, I'm just so fucking lame. Of course I haven't been. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Any more right. reader feedback? Uh, uh, no, that's that's it for this uh, week's reader feedback. So let's look at the <coughs> games that are out this week. Fun First meetings. up, Defiance. Defiance. It's an open world shooter set in the San Francisco Bay Area that ties in with a television show. Of course, Yeah, it's not very good, is it? On, on well, it looks. It's a bit generic. Some people, our, our reviewer currently thinks it's okay. Mm-hmm. I know one other person who's played it who thinks it's pish. Right. But I mean, the main problem is that we do. I mean, how it ties in or doesn't at all tie in with the TV series is going to be the interesting part. Yeah, because that's I, when I was talking to not the people behind the game, but the PR people talking about the game. It was like. They hinted that there would be crossover. So, for example, if you go on a raid in the, if they go on a raid in the TV show, that you could kind of watch that raid from afar in the game. But then, when I actually asked specifics, that there really wasn't much crossover oh. from what I could gather. Like some of the characters you might find at some point. Great. Um, and then, because the other thing was like, well, you know, the game will impact the, f- the the TV show, but obviously the TV show has been filmed, it's been written, yeah, that's, so that's that done and work? dusted. So it'd have to be second season, and there's no guarantee that the second season is going to be commissioned. Mm. So it's an interesting concept. Mm. But, it's an interesting concept, but it's a third yeah. person shooter MMO, and those are difficult to get right. And like you say, it's flawed because of the lead times involved in making a TV series. That cross pollination is going to be. Stunted at best, isn't it? It's a bit yeah. unrealistic. Mm. So, also out, uh, Ninja Gaiden Razor's Edge. Already been out in Wii U for a while. But mm. obviously, this is PS3, Xbox. Much better than Ninja Gaiden 3, though, right? That was uh, the consensus. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Uh, and then finally, Battlebot Theater. What's that then? 
That's the latest game from the people who made Alien Hominid, if you remember that. Nope. It's good. It's, it's really, hominid. really good yeah. Battle Block Theater. It's good. I've, not, I've not played it, but I, a lot of people I trust say it's I've awesome. not played it, but it's good. It's good. I'm a commenter. I'm a commenter. <laughs> How can you give this a 7.5? It's amazing. Um, but yeah, Battle Block Theater, on, on the strength of recommendation, apparently, it's really good. I'll be playing it over the weekend, I believe. Good. Movies? Movies. Uh, there's a horror film coming out this week called Dark Skies. Which From the producer of uh, Insidious. Insidious. And in... <laughs> Wow. And Sinister, right? Sinister. I thought that was funny on the the poster. It was just like, from Insidious and Sinister. From Unpleasant and Dark. (laughs) (laughs) Both good horror films. From Adjective and Adjective. Both very good horror films. From the team that Um, brought you. Apparently mediocre. I was just checking the review on the site. I haven't seen it. Mediocre, 5.0 out of 10 out from us. Something to do with aliens. Give it a miss or wait for the the DVD. Um, The Expatriate is out, uh, which I watched last night, in fact. And it's basically a cross between Taken and Unknown, but without Liam Neeson. Aaron Eckhart plays exactly the same role. Former CIA agent, uh, his identity gets erased, his daughter gets kidnapped, and he's got to hunt her down through, through Europe. God, it sounds so Jeez. generic. But, but you it? know, some of these ones, you know, The Bourne and The Taken and that, some really exciting, glamorous locales, you know, across the roofs in Morocco, whatever. This one, it's Brussels and Antwerp. Oh, Jesus. Which are just not the most exciting <laughs> yeah. cities to watch a guy hunting his daughter down through. You ever been to Brussels? Yes. It's a shithole, isn't it? <laughs> I've never it's, been. Oh. I think it's a bit dull. Yeah. I'm not going to say shithole because I'm sure we've got some lovely Brussels readers. Oops. But we're not the criticising them. The beer's good. I'd quite like to go to Bruges to drink beer. Mm. But Spring not Breakers. Antwerp. Spring Breakers is out. Big movie uh, of the week. Yeah. Really interesting, weird, uh, entertaining, boring. Uh, <laughs> It's all over the place, really. It's like an art house film with these moments of brilliance and then long moments where nothing happens and then 20 minutes, it's like a really long music video. And then James Franco just absolutely blowing the lid off the thing. It's he does look absolutely insane in it. Yeah, and he shows up an hour in just when you're thinking, oh, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. And the movie transforms when he shows up because you're on edge for the rest of the film. Right. You're not sure what he's going to do, what he's going to say. It's right. really fun. It's quite tongue-in-cheek what he's doing, his performance, but at playing like a, a cheesy white rapper with dreads and gold teeth. But at the same time, there's this threat there every every minute. You're not, you could turn around and kill one of the girls. or Yeah. Yeah, so check out Spring Breakers. Just don't blame me if you don't like it. It's directed by Harmony Corrine, isn't it? He's yes. A, he's, 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 a, he's a queer fellow. He's a strange fellow. Yeah, one of the very young girls in it is his wife. Mm. The one that gets yeah. the kit off the most in the film. Funny that. So mm. that's Funny weird. That. Yeah, he's, yeah don't, don't check out some of his other films. No. <laughs> no, it's, I, uh, yeah, up bad, to you. Bad Boy Bubby, was it? Was that one of his? <laughs> Mr Lonely. Yeah. He wrote Kids. Famously, yeah. maybe don't check that in, out. Yeah, don't. No, don't, oh, too late. <laughs> uh, so that's it. That's our rec- is that our recommendation of the week then for movie Spring yeah, Breakers. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers. And if you can't see that, what game are you going to go and play? Battle Bioshock Infinite. May as well. Battle Bioshock. What? Battle Block Tail. Okay then, go and play that. And let us know what you thought of any of this stuff that we've rabbited on for the last hour about. <laughs> let, let us know. Just, what just you're thinking. Just <laughs> let us know what's on your mind. What are you having for your tea? IJNUKfeedback.com What am I going to have for my tea I don't know Salmon fish cakes Hit us up on the Twitters and the Facebooks as well if you like IGNUK Waffle and beans Nice Nice. And we will see you have a lovely weekend and a lovely week we'll see you back here in the IGN office again next week Come on
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.